Mr. Sullivan. Yes, Mr. Jackson, I'm reporting for duty. Oh, I don't even know where to start. It's moving so fast, Dan. Well, uh, then it's always going to be moving fast, so it's normal. It's perfect. It's good. Well, <laughs> I think that the big uh, thing everybody is anticipating is what is happening with the big who, not how to do. Everything is uh, moving very quickly, exceeding expectations, taking the world yeah. by storm. Yeah, well, uh, I'll know a little bit more exactly because on Tuesday I have a uh, I have a Zoom call with Reed Tracy at uh, Hay House, and I think they have the most. You know, they it's their business, so I think they have the most up to date numbers. But I know mm-hmm. I I'm pretty sure that we're in the you know the low hundred thousand right now. That's you know, so because, crazy, Dan. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, well, you know, um, uh, I'm sticking to the formula, you know, that this is what who, not how actually does that when you mm-hmm. create a who, not how collaboration and it works for everybody, then, uh, everything works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think this is, uh, I, I think this is great. I mean, it's so amazing to see this, uh, come to life, you know? And see mm-hmm. and pe- the the most satisfying thing is kind of to see people's the perplexed look on their face when you tell them that you're not making any money from the book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that that <laughs> that you you know I mean the whole thing is just um, yeah. Why do you think that? Uh, why do you think that is? I mean because I, I think I've been sort of. You know, I've been sort of working on the model since um, probably my collaboration with Peter Diamandis. You know, so yeah. it goes back to about 2000. Well, 2013. You know, is yeah. the first date. And um, yeah, I remember the perplexity when people said, "Well, how is that going to possibly work?" And I said, "Well, first of all." Um, I get access to a very, very high level capability who's got enormous reach out in the world. So you use yeah. your VCR. And I said, and I know it's going to have, uh, you know, kind of an, uh, an effect by osmosis that uh, yes. my team is going to be there every year and they're going to be, you know, they're going to be imbibing, um, you know, how to think about high technology, exponential technology. And I think that, you know, uh, they're, they're just going to, start feeling kind of normal about bringing uh, exponential technology into strategic coach. But the other thing is I get an added dimension to the strategic coach program where 150 to 200 of the strategic coach clients get, uh, you know, a deep dive into technology. And I think that's going to have a very positive effect. And the way I'm looking at it, that extra dimension doesn't cost me anything. That's exactly right. Yeah. You get a, a front row, um, you know, almost like, um, yeah, there's nothing. It's all wins. And I think that that demonstrates where that really comes from is your idea of of cash confidence, too. Mm-hmm. That it's not mm-hmm. that you don't, you don't need the money from this. Your business is already... Uh, you know, producing all the the cash or all the the um, things, and you look at this as an opportunity to enhance that business as well. You know, that's really where mm-hmm. it comes from. I, you said something that I've only heard you say a couple of times, but the um, business uh, monogamy, and that was uh, that's an interesting way of looking at it too, because you're all these things that you're doing, you're not getting seduced into other, you're not operating other businesses or other units. You're enhancing someone else's already. Um, mm-hmm. They're running yeah. all the, the logistics of the, uh, yeah. of the business. You're staying in yours. Yeah. And I think it's just a, you know, it's partially a, you know, a personal trait on my part. I'm kind of a one I'm kind of like a one commitment kind of guy, you know, mm-hmm. for my personal life and my 
my business life. So I wouldn't push it too much further than uh, this is just the way I like it. You know, I mean, yeah. Um, but the thing is that it does give my team over, you know, we're in, into the our fourth decade of coach right now. And it does give them a lot of, uh, and they tell me that it gives us a lot of reassurance that everything that you're working on um, is involves us. You know, you're yeah. not, you, you don't, you, you don't, you're not taking business trips and involving yourself in other businesses. And right. even where, you, even where you do have outside interests, um, you're bringing the capability back to strategic coach. In other words, whatever capability comes out of it comes back to coach. And uh, part, part of it is I, I just like living a simple life. And mm-hmm. I've seen people who have five, five or ten businesses. And the business, because they're legally involved, they're financially involved in these other businesses, they have to attend meetings by, by, you know, by virtue of their investment Mm-hmm. And their involvement, they have to attend meetings, and they're on the on their you know the, they're communicating, you know, even with the ones that are, you know, they're not uh, they're not actually running the businesses, but they're an investor right. partner, and they're required by by virtue of their investment to be involved in those businesses. And uh, yes, and uh, I, you know. I, I just can't do that. You know, I can't sleep at night. I want to read my novels. I want to. Right. <laughs> yes. I want to get yes. a full night's sleep and I don't want to be thinking about some other business. Uh, and uh, so it's. Uh, After uh, hours or your other. And that's an interesting yeah. thing because a lot of entrepreneurs at your level or your stage in in the business are, I mean, at 76 years old, certainly halfway almost halfway to your 156 um there's a diff- you're acting like someone who's only halfway to where they're going as opposed to acting like <laughs> someone who's on the swan song or you know kind of removing themselves from the business well, or, yeah, yeah the other thing and this is an interesting idea that i've been pondering that um just another aspect of someone in my position, like if you were looking at a 76 year old, who, you know, is um, they're not creating new things for their central business. That's right. one thing. They, they did that 25, 30 years ago, and they've been riding on the passive success of their business. The other, the other aspect is they're involving themselves in all sorts of charitable uh, in their life outside of business, you know, they belong to this foundation, they belong to the, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're on the board of this charity and they're on the board of that charity. And, um, and I said, who would I rather contribute my extra capability to, but I have extra capability to, you know, kind of organizations that, that actually grade themselves on how much uh, money they raise, or would I rather uh, in, involve myself in helping entrepreneurs who have really, really exciting free zone enterprises? You know, and how yeah. you know, I can give that my time. I, I you know, my my time's worth a lot. I mean, I can show you. On, you know, I said just divide my time into you know the annual revenue and i'll tell you what an hour of my time is worth and uh, mm-hmm. and i said but it makes more sense for me to give my voluntary like i have a voluntary spirit i would rather direct my voluntary spirit to helping an uh, entrepreneurial enterprise grow than some uh, mm-hmm. charitable organization that's very murky and it's it mostly has to do with social status as far mm-hmm. as I can see, you know, you get your name on something that, you know, yeah. in terms of the program when this symphony orchestra or the opera or the, you know, right. plays. And I said, well, there again, um, I'd have to think about it. You know, it's something yeah. I'd have to think about. And people would want me to invite me to all sorts of social events that I don't want to go to. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, actually COVID has been a great, uh, COVID has actually been a great, um, what should I say? Filter. Uh, yes. Yeah, because um, 
you just can't attend those type of. You just can't attend those type. Oh of yeah, meetings, no, I, I know? love it. I've been saying to people, Dan, that COVID has actually, you know, given the made my preferred lifestyle mandated. That's the greatest <laughs> thing. <laughs> I mean, that's really what it's come down to, you know? <laughs> so you thought he was weird, huh? This was your, yeah. your impression that he was weird? Well, well, take a, take a look in the mirror right now. Check, check your schedule for next week and see how weird he is. You know? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's an interesting thing. And I was, um, I, this week, uh, the past week was a free week for me, so I, just dived into a lot of novels and I'm, I'm reading a whole series of kind of uh, homicide, uh, espionage, intrigue, uh, treason yes. uh, novels about the British, uh, the British during the Second World War. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, the, I have to tell you, uh, the Nazis are good forever as a, uh, as a uh, fiction, <laughs> fictional Evil villain. Fiction. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, this is the gift to fiction that just keeps on giving, you know, I mean, it's, yeah. there, there's no, there's no end uh, to the bad things that you could suspect that they were up to, you know, and, and a, lot, a lot of it's really true. But one of the things is it's right during the early part of the British war. Uh, so they're going through the nightly bombing by the German bombers and they have, uh, lights out they have curfews and uh you know people are in their shelters and i said you know and they had rationing too they were rationing food they were rationing everything was rationing gasoline was rationing other rationing clothes uh clothing and i said you know we're kind of going through a period of rationing and we're kind of under martial law you know if you think about mm, it mm -hmm. uh, you know i mean it's it's gentler than you know, it's gentler than what they were going through because there's, you know, bombings and violence and everything like that. But I would say right now, the social distancing is a form of rationing you know, mm -hmm. that, that people are being rationed. Yeah. Yes. Um, and now they're, uh, um, you know, they're talking about you can't have anyone over for Thanksgiving, you know, like. Right. And, and um it's it's a foolish law because it can't be policed. You know, it really can't be policed. You know, right. don't make laws you can't police. Yeah, yeah. If you can't enforce the law. Don't make the law because it just. Uh, yeah, what are they going to go door to door looking at your? You know. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. were we were up north for um, Canadian Thanksgiving, which for those who aren't familiar, uh, Canada has a, um, an equally important. I mean, it's it's got the same. Um, it's got the same spirit about it as American Thanksgiving. It's just that it happens. It's on Columbus Day in the United States, so second yes. Monday, second Monday in October. And we were up, and we live, you know, we live up in cottage country, and we were invited over for um, Thanksgiving, where we've gone three or four times. But uh, usually, there's about twenty people there, and there was uh, you. You're not supposed to have more than eight, but we had nine. Oh my and, goodness! Uh, yeah, we'll edit. Yeah, we'll edit yeah. this portion out of the uh, broadcast. Yeah, just yeah. We'll just, they, we'll yeah. just edit edit that out, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and anyway, but it was a good Thanksgiving. But it's a it's a form of rationing and kind of the kind of the mentality of people of not being uh, detected or caught, you know, uh, getting it's extra. Like prohibition era. Yeah, yeah, very, very, yeah. very much, so, uh, very much so. And I said, you know, uh, it's very, very interesting because everybody going forward will have this as a memory, like prohibition, like the depression, mm -hmm. like the rational war rationing. We'll, we'll think of this uh, afterwards, uh, probably mm -hmm. with the same amount of historic significance. Yes, and it's very, you know, it, it's an. Interesting thing to be in the middle of this right now and realize how quickly time goes. Like I look at it now. So we were so March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October. We're in our ninth 
month mm-hmm. of this now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you realize, so that's basically most of 2020 under yes. this situation. Every under year, this regime. Under this, this regime. regime. That is probably <laughs> also going to be most of 2021 will be like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if you read all the and follow all the news, um, reports is not anywhere near a peak yet of what's happening. And we may peak in February or March. Yeah, what, or what they're, you'll notice what the news is not uh, talking about anymore, the news media, uh, is the deaths from yes. the virus. And, and the reason is because people are catching it like they catch the flu they're they're not, the the ones who were going to die because their immune system was down have died you know and uh, ah okay so <clears throat> it's pretty clear now that 99% of the people who died uh were uh first of all they were elderly um mm-hmm. you know 99% over the age of 65 and yeah. uh, among those, it was 99% um, weakened immune systems, you know, so they had something and they were at the edge, even under normal times. And this put them because it's, uh, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's a real attack on the body and the body, the body just couldn't fight back. You know, this is. Uh, Have we had anybody aside from. Um, David Berg, that we know has had COVID in in strategic culture. Yeah, anybody, uh, yeah I think either? there's been uh, out of the total maybe uh, half dozen that I know. Uh, right. Half dozen that I know. Uh, we haven't had anybody in the company yet, so we have 110. Yeah. You know, in the UK, in the United States, in Canada, and uh, nobody's gotten sick. We haven't had anybody who was uh, who is sick. And, um, but here's the thing that usually we have quite a number, um, in the course from March until November who have had the flu and nobody's had the flu. Okay. Well, so, uh, so, uh, I don't know, you know, I, I just, I just don't know. Um, and, um, you know, is anybody working in the office now? Yeah, we have, uh, three or four. Uh, shipping, uh, because we're getting orders for yes. our products and our books, and uh, somebody has to be there to pick uh, to uh, receive FedEx packages and UPS mm-hmm. packages, and um, and um, uh, I, I I've gone in. I'll be going in tomorrow, uh, and I'll be going yeah. in on Tuesday because. Uh, we have certain um, recordings where uh, it just works a lot better if it's a studio quality In the studio, recording. Right. Yeah, so uh, so I'll be there tomorrow afternoon. I'll be there on Tuesday morning. Yeah, so and uh, about the uh, my point about that is that in the context of a twenty-five year framework, mm-hmm. this is going to be a a minor portion. Of the of the twenty five years when you look at it like that, and it may not be the only thing in the twenty five years. I mean, there may be another. You know what I'm saying? It's like just like. Do you remember how good things were back during COVID days? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and uh, you know before the the nuclear nuclear weapons started going off. Right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the Peter Zion, you know, I'm, I've been a big fan of this uh, writer, this Jew, yes. Jew. And he said that, uh, and I got a real indication of it. He said that the, 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 the globalization uh, theory, you know, was that uh, all the countries in the world are in the same system and, you know, you might as well forget about borders because they don't really matter. I was noticing um, we got a email in from somebody in Serbia, and uh, he couldn't get who, not how. Couldn't get a copy but, of the book. Because mm-hmm. there's no FedEx to Serbia anymore. FedEx doesn't deliver to Serbia. Oh and goodness. I said, oh, that's interesting. I said, that's interesting. 
That's interesting because what Peter Zion, who wrote the book Disunited Nations, said that gradually all those countries that kind of could pretend they were part of the global system are going to find out that the global system has kind of disconnected from them. And oh, wow. FedEx, FedEx is a good one of those interesting indicators to tell you whether you're in the global system or not. If you can't, if you can't send FedEx or get FedEx, you're probably not in the global system anymore. That's interesting. So but we, we told we told them you, you know can't they, disconnect they, from they, they could still get audible. They could still get audible. Yeah. You know, That's what I mean. There's no no delays in Cloudlandia. No, but the, the physical the, in the mainland, they're disconnected. You know, yeah. his, his country is disconnected. I mean, I think FedEx is kind of an indicator. I mean, you can't get a FedEx package. I mean, yeah. And even here's another one: as uh, FedEx only works, um, you can only contact FedEx from um, from. Eight thirty to four thirty. Wow. Hmm. They have no answering service from eight thirty uh, outside of eight thirty in the morning till four thirty in the afternoon here in Toronto. Right. right. Yeah. And I said, you're a twenty four seven global business, and you you you're all. And I said, another indication that uh, things are disconnecting. Hmm. So yeah, if you don't have if you don't have Cloudlandia capabilities, it's time to um, get moving. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, yeah, it's time to get moving. And I, I think this, that that will be that. Looking back, you, you're saying the next twenty five years. I think that the um, um, this will be remembered for the virtual crossover. Mm-hmm. COVID will be remembered for the virtual crossover. I think that yeah. that will be the more lasting capability. I think the other thing is uh, I'm doing podcasts with Peter Diamandis in a few days, and um, uh, I was putting down we we trade our ideas of possible topics that we're going to talk about, uh-huh. and there's there's two of them which I think are. Um, one is that I think that the vaccine program, in other words, to come through with the vaccine, mm-hmm. uh, is equal to the Apollo project in the 1960s. Mm. That, uh, and I think that's kind of um, falling into the same category that w- that it's part of the Cold War. And that uh, the Apollo the arms project race. was... The arms race. The arms, the, the arms race. Yeah, the vaccine the arms race. race. Yeah. The vaccine race is part, and it just shows you how the world has changed that now, and that the Chinese are the um, are the opponent of choice uh, uh-huh. right at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine. I, I people are imagining all sorts of bad things about the Chinese, like they used to imagine all sorts of bad things about the Soviets, about the Russians. Yeah, oh, there's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. there's a. Um, there was a great um, segment on 60 Minutes last week about the the general in charge of this operation that is to get the virus or uh, the vaccine ready for 300 million uh, mm-hmm. people, and it's there. You know, I've spent billions of dollars on getting everything. Um, prepared, and they're ready for deploying um, you know, as soon as they get the go. And yeah, yeah, that's a pretty, uh, pretty fascinating thing. <laughs> I'm wondering. It's almost like uh, Colonel Groves. You know, Leslie Groves was the general who was in charge of the Manhattan Project for the yeah. atomic bomb during the Second World War. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, if there was ever, ever a guy who had 
power. I tell you, the, the, the guy who ran the atomic bomb project had really, really had power, you know, and, uh, he delivered, yeah. you know, he did, he delivered. And it's kind of funny you'd have a general in charge because I think that's, it's sort of a military, it's sort of, uh, you need that type of work. You know, people who are used to giving orders and being obeyed down the line there, the, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, essentially the country is kind of under martial law right now. Yeah, in, in, in relationship to this, but it's going to be a really interesting. Um, it's going to be an interesting thing when the vaccine. I don't know. Like their biggest problem is the popular um, acceptance of the vaccine. That <laughs> in, in polling, people are not that excited about. No, no. The I think it's uh, of yeah. And uh, the whole thing is, I mean, I have doctors in the program who are entrepreneurs, and they said, uh, I, I, I don't want to be in the first takers of the new vaccine. <laughs> right. Is, That's what I'm is wondering. This based, right. is, this based, is this based on past experience? And they said, uh, yeah. uh, uh, I... Uh, I defer to my Fifth Amendment rights here. You know? Yeah, right. I mean, that's. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. You go ahead and try it first, right? Yeah, yeah. We we know they all work. Uh, that all uh, pharmaceuticals work best in the first six months. You know that, don't you? I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. Virtually every pharmaceutical works best in the first six months uh, because of the placebo effect on both the part of the doctors and the patients. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. They believe that they're excited and they believe and yeah. that helps that helps the vaccine that adds extra power to the vaccine, whatever it is, the pharmaceutical. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, <laughs> this is I mean, you look at it, though, and uh, yeah, I think definitely just as the uh, you know the changes that we had to make in after 9/11 have remained and are just absorbed into our natural thing. Well, of course we go through double security and take off your shoes and your belt and your everything and go through, uh, you know, security yeah, when nope. you fly. Of course yeah. you do. That's just natural, right? Compared to just walking right up to the plane, you know. Last, people uh, used to meet. People used to meet you at the at um, the gate. Yeah. At the no, uh, yeah. When you came off the plane, they were yeah. they were. Wait. I remember it was a real problem in Toronto because uh, you know, in some cultures like uh, Middle Eastern cultures and Asian cultures, two hundred relatives would uh, yeah would be there for one person. You know. Yeah. And they, they finally had to make rules that you couldn't uh, you couldn't have that many people at the gate, you know. And, um, yeah, I remember I was in Hawaii, and this was um, this would have been after nine eleven, and I was flying from the island of Lanai uh, to Honolulu. Um, so we were finishing a vacation trip, and we were flying from Lanai, and they just had a small plane. And uh, so we went to the airport in Lanai, one on the island, and uh, uh, and we were, you know, we checked in, and then we just walked out to the plane. And I said, Yeah, I said, uh, something's wrong here. Something's wrong here. And I said, uh, and uh, you know, there was uh, a pilot or somebody at the, you know, you. You would climb the stairs to get in. I don't even know if we climbed the stairs. I think it was a, really a small plane, like it was six feet. Uh-huh. Or, uh, and uh, and I said, there's no security. And they said, well, <laughs> where are they going to fly to? Right. <laughs> <laughs> he says, if somebody hijacked the plane, I said, he said, where are they going to fly to? There's no right. <laughs> And but I, I remember the eerie feeling that something was wrong when I was walking on the runway. I said, "Something's wrong." There's <laughs> oh boy, it's like the the uh, big elephant that walks away from a stake. <laughs> you know, like right, uh, right, right. Yeah, we're not, <laughs> yeah, right. That's <laughs> it. That's funny. Uh oh, I'm. Oh no, I've gone way beyond the leash. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. 
it shows you the leash. Either. The leashes are in our nervous system. The leashes aren't, uh, you know, they're wired in. The, the real leashes are inside. They're not outside. Yeah, we're they're wired in. That and that's yeah. something you know. It's like um, I always used to think because there's still remnants. Remember when SARS was a big thing in in no. Hong Kong and and in Asian Toronto. countries and and, and, and even Toronto. in Toronto, but not to the extent that it was there where you yeah. see, even over the last several years, you would still see, if you were ever at the airport and you see people in a mask, you, know, you would notice that in uh, Asian cities and, and uh, places like that, it was much more common to wear yeah. a, a face mask. Like yeah, oh, uh, yeah. Hey, I was in Korea in 1965, 66, and almost everybody wore masks. And that was just because of pollution. Oh, I see. They just had, uh, you know, everything burned by coal. And, um, you know, so they, uh, you know, you you just really had bad pollution and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. So they're pretty used to it. Mm. Well, Dan, I had an amazing who not how breakthrough this week. And I'm going to share it with you because I think it's a game changer for me. Yes. I was um, speaking on Wednesday at a virtual summit uh, that Bill Glazer is uh, putting on. He used to be uh, partners with Dan Kennedy, old marketing um, oh, yeah. um, yep, guy. Yep. I don't know if you know mm-hmm. Bill. Um, no, no, but, but anyway, I remember at a certain point it was Glazer, Glazer Kennedy. Kennedy. That's right. Glazer that's Kennedy. Yeah. Bill Glazer. Yeah. He was the guy that really, like, when Dan partnered up with him, he was definitely Dan's who that was yeah. able to take Dan's stuff and really, like, well, then in, uh, on uh, it, you know? didn't a private equity company buy into yes, that? That's I what remember, I mean. Yeah. That Dan, but that without Bill Glazer, there would have been no uh, private equity because there was no driving organizer. There was no multiplier. There was was no no multiplier. multiplier. He was the multiplier to to Dan's uh, Mm -hmm. stuff, for sure. Mm -hmm. And uh, so anyway, he's got a a summit coming on this week. And he, um, several months ago, asked me to come and present about referrals. And the the thing about it is normally when I do these, I'm, it's live and I can talk for 45 minutes about referrals just off, uh, you know, going through the whole, uh, the whole thing. Now, but this was different. You had to, because it's a, a summit and on a, uh, you know, recorded uh, thing, I had to send my presentation uh ahead of time so i had to <laughs> you already see where this is going right <laughs> yeah well good luck for that <laughs> i love how you laugh like that that's the best so i started thinking you know it's coming up to the deadline for it and i still hadn't done anything yet and i started Thinking to myself, well, was, uh, the truth is, you hadn't applied yourself, Dean. I hadn't applied myself. That's exactly <laughs> right. And I started thinking of journaling about the doing some therapy with myself because still here, 54 years old, I'm still at the, you know, coming up to this um, resistance, and again realizing it's the how, not the who, that's the yeah. the problem here, right? Because I don't want to, you know, build out the keynote slides and do all of that organized outline, everything that it takes, all of those steps when I can articulate exactly what I'm going to say. I know what I want to say. I know everything. I know the material. And I really started thinking, okay, if I really just truly take a who not how approach to this is who could do this for me and mm-hmm. what what is what is it that i really want to have 
happen with this. Like I said, I wish I could just do it live because I could do it live. I could mm-hmm. talk mm-hmm. for the the whole thing. And so I said, well, would it be possible? What if I just <laughs> recorded the audio of it? What if I just did the 45 minutes? Say what I want to say. Do, you know, because I can articulate my thoughts and I can get um, everything out in a coherent way and then have a who take that and create a keynote slide to match what I said rather Mm -hmm. than create the keynote and then do the presentation over top of it. So I did just that. I outlined my my favorite things are to brainstorm and outline. And mm-hmm. I so I brainstormed what I want to say. I got the arc. I got the track to run on because I really had to time it kind of to get to 45 minutes. That had to be exactly 45 minutes because they're running a tight ship on that. And mm-hmm. um, so I was able to do it and recorded it all in one uh, one take. And mm-hmm. just just like I'm doing, I was sitting in exactly the chair that I'm sitting in right now. I had my iPhone and my headset, and I just recorded a voice memo of the entire um, 45 minutes. And then I sent it over to Lacey, one of my who's. She's a unicorn who. And I uh, just gave her the thing of, I asked her first whether she could do the thing. And I sent her one of my um, ideas versus execution um, Mm -hmm. short audios that I had done. And she created this amazing, um, you know, slide, keynote movie Mm -hmm. uh, around it. And I said, that's it. Now I'm... I'm free of this. Yes. So I recorded the 45 minutes. I sent it over to her. The next day, I get this most beautiful, amazing 45-minute video that is exactly what I would have wanted, you know? And Mm -hmm. uh, now I have a a brand new capability Mm -hmm. that I can do only the thing that I can do. I can talk, I can brainstorm, I can outline and record. That's my mode right there. And yes. so now, endless capabilities, endless yep. possibilities with that capability. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. The, you know, the, the interesting thing about that is I'm just uh, kind of applying you know, the overview of who, not how to your experience right there. Yeah. And again, it was procrastination that triggered yes. something. You know, I mean, yeah. you were procrastinating, you're procrastinating. And I think it, uh, I think it's, um, um, something just occurred to me as you were talking about it, that it's the resistance of your present self knowing who you want your future self to be against uh, an aspect of your past self, because the past self uh, would be uh, the accumulation of knowledge uh, that Bill Bill Glazer wanted you to present, but because he's got to run a conference, he says, uh, you know, in order for me to feel good about it, I've got to, I've got to know ahead of time what you're doing and you got to have proof, you know, and that's his, that's his business, and he's looking at it. Uh, he's looking at it that way because he doesn't want to be. He doesn't want to be nervous about what's going to happen during this conference. You know, that's right. When and, you've got multiple multiple speakers, how many things could go yeah. wrong? Less things go wrong if you've got all the presentations already done. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah, and uh, the the thing is that I'm noticing more and more that both of us have an extreme sensitivity of uh, of uh, not using up our present time with 
fast achievements. Yes. That makes sense. It does. In other words, it seems uh, for me to go back over this is a bit of a waste of my time. You know, like mm-hmm. uh, I don't like my time. Uh, one of my, uh, I, I would say that one of my present pleasures is always that I'm not wasting my time with something I've already done. Yes. Yes. I, I really love that. You know, that's really the the big thing is that I felt like that. Like, so I was doing the final session. I was doing a breakthrough blueprint um, event, a virtual event. Yeah. And so we do two days and then about a 30 days later, we do a follow-up, um, you know, two-hour session to talk about referrals and uh, and just catch up on what's been going on. And when we went, I had just gotten this back from um, from Lacey, and so I was started to explain to these guys the um, thing, and I, I pressed play to show that I was just screen shared my screen to show them the the video and I realized that wow this is um this is exactly what I would be saying right now if yeah. <laughs> I was uh you know it's the but now it's like I've captured it and I theoretically right. I don't have to say that those words anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can I predict something that's gonna happen? <laughs> Tell me. As you're giving your totally prepared talk yeah. at the conference, which has already happened last Wednesday, I bet you thought of some new things. Yeah, you're absolutely right. We'll see. It's it's actually it's this Wednesday. Oh, it's up. this coming Wednesday. It's this coming yeah, Wednesday. Yeah. Okay. I had to hand yeah. it in last Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. That's but the now thing. being right. comp- yeah. now that being uh uh, being totally confident about the the past that you can deliver, you yeah, know, uh, uh, you can now. I mean, your um, your ability to improvise right now is probably freed up enormously. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's very interesting. You know, it's kind of fun, funny with the um, who not how the the book you know the major market book that's out doing this work out in the marketplace right now um, that you, you know, I mean, we, we both know the history of this. And then yeah. I had the little book uh, quarterly book that I did. And, uh, and, um, and then Ben Hardy um, simply used the little book and he interviewed me on it. We did a series of about 10 interviews on it. And, uh, uh, and, uh, and then he wrote the major market book based on that. And then mm-hmm. uh, he had to do the audio version, and he did it word for word to what he had written, which I can't do. Um, I mean, um, oh yeah, that's a skill. I mean, just to be able to read. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the um, audio version. I've been. I've read the book, and I'm uh, listened to the. Um, audio uh, version, but I'm skipping um, some of the chapters to the interviews with you and uh, Ben after the chapters on the, on the audio version. Yeah. Cause it's well, just I've the, got everything. It's just I've the got text. the, I've got the it's Kindle just, version. Yeah. I've got the print yeah. version and I've got the audible. It's just, uh, yeah. It's just the text, but then uh, Ben picked eight places where he would interview me. Yeah, you know, and and you know, I just did it off the top, you know. Yeah, and uh, and he says, "Oh, we're adding all sorts of dimensions," and I said, "Yep, yep." That's yeah, what, that's what happens because this is what we happens with the um, quarterly little quarterly book things is that uh, I do a fast filter on each chapter, and then yeah. uh, Shannon Waller interviews me on the fast filter. And the fast filter uh, is the guide to the text, but it's also the guide to the cartooning. So I yeah. create the fast filter, and Hamish and I, we're into our book for March right now. 
Uh-huh. And uh, the name of this book is Innovation Over Envy. I'm showing a sharp distinction between those who deal with um, the unequalness of things in the world by innovating yes. and those who deal with the unequalness of things in the world by being envious. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're doing that. And we're already into our fourth chapter, but we won't start the actual interview process with Shannon for another week and a half, according to the schedule. So I'll be probably into six. I'll have more than half the book finished in the fast filter and the cartoonings will be Mm -hmm. ahead. So the cartooning is now faster, which is really interesting. It's interesting because I'm translating words into pictures first before and uh, 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 but um, it seems to get better and then it gets written by another writer um, Mm -hmm. uh, who uh, you know who knows the format it's four pages and Mm -hmm. you know it follows a fast filter overview and uh, then he listens to the um, the the He's blind, so he's a blind writer. So he does this through Braille and through uh, there's lots of oh, technology wow. that helps to him. Yeah, he's he's actually blind uh, blind since 15. He's in his early 30s, but he's blind. But he taught himself to be a writer, you know, and uh-huh. he can he can listen to the he can listen to things. But he there's a thing that takes the transcription and puts it into Braille, and he just sits there and re- reads it with his fingers. He reads it. Oh, and then, wow. Yeah, and uh, and then it gets edited, and then I we get the final copy, and then Shannon interviews me again, but uh, it's not word for word. She just picks up the finished copy, and then she asks me all sorts of questions about the finished copy, and then I give a new interpretation. So, yeah, I, I know the feeling. I, you know, I mean, if uh, you know, they, if you know. Um, if somebody said, you read this word for word or we shoot Dean, I would read it word for word. Well, thank you for that. No, I just yeah. want to let you know. Yeah, that, thank uh, you. In that sort of extreme situation, I would read word for word. and I would, be, I would do the same yeah. for you, Dan. I would, be on, I would be on my best. You know, I would be... A, I yeah. would have my I would have my happy device. Punctuation perfect, as they say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just let you know. Oh, but I mean, uh, yeah, these, I just feel like, you know, that's a great thing, but you're right about the procrastination. I'm starting to see that procrastination, uh, we, although it's gotten labeled and we've uncovered for the last several years, the whole thing, how it's a, a superpower, a good thing, but I think it's really our built in, you know, prioritization protocol that just is automatically running at all times to keep us sharp on what our top priorities are. We don't need to write them well, down or anything. It's yeah. storing, it's storing right in. We need to, all well, we I do think, is ask. Yeah. I mean, when I say, you know, you think about it, uh, um, there's a reason why I think that conformity got a bad name. Okay. Uh, or not conformity, but uh, procrastination, and it had to do with conformity. And that is that uh, up until very recently, we didn't, we really didn't have enough to eat, you know, and everybody had to be about the business of making sure the food supply was there. And, you know, I mean, there were just life, uh, life in the balance type of issues that yes. humans in community had to do. And whether you like doing something or not, you had to do it because others depended upon you doing it. And technology has come in and uh, taken the guarantee, which was totally on the the heads of human beings, and has put it into a technological form. So I think we're in a crossover period right now between the need to have conformity of human behavior and innovation okay and we're right at the point now where being rewarded for innovation has jumped ahead of being rewarded for conformity and uh, i think and it's happened within i think it's happened within the last um 
um, 30 or 40 years. I think this crossover between how human beings will get rewarded has moved from the conformity side of the line to the and uh, but feeling guilty about procrastination is the way yeah. that you brought pressure on people to conform. I think that's true. I wonder when, like how, I wonder if it goes back to, I wonder where the first sort of recorded instance of this notion of procrastination came from. Like when, I wonder if, I don't remember whether. Uh, I'm going to find, I'm going to find this out because uh, about 10 feet from me is the complete Oxford English Dictionary. Okay. And I will look up the word procrastination and I will get the complete history when procrastination was first used. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah. Well, this is great. It's, I wonder it's if the history of words. It's the history yeah, of yeah. words. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I wonder if, um, you know, when you look at, um, it goes all the way back to, you know, the uh, philosopher days. The Stoics, oh, yeah. or the whether they were grappling with procrastination at that time, even. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's always been the problem of um, uh, you know um, wandering minds. You know, in other words, yeah. You you trained and trained, and you disciplined people, and you got them to do their job and then there were these ones that had wandering minds and you know and uh you know they they just were hard to you know and i think there was just a lot of punishment <laughs> yeah right i think i think uh it was so funny because uh we were watching james nestor uh you know at joe's uh, uh -huh. and Genius uh Network. you know yeah and he was great. I, I thought he was just terrific, you know, and he was great. You know, I mean, he, uh, uh, I, I felt he was a, a really, Joe said he's a really good person. And I really mm -hmm. got that sense that he was a really good person. And, like, and he was really doing this because he thought it was really beneficial that people should know this uh, about breathing, you know, that breathing through yeah. your nose rather than breathing through your mouth. And uh, so we got to the end of it and we had a debrief with the team. So this is at the end of the day, because I had about eight team members um, who watched mm -hmm. the Genius Network and, uh, and they were all talking about, you know, the breathing and everything. I said, I tell you though, I said, I'd rather be a mouth breather in the 21st century than a nose breather in the 18th century. <laughs> that's, oh Dan, that's the best. Even I said, that, you know, you say that too, even better than being a king back then, yeah, even, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I said, you know, I mean, if I'm a mouth breather, probably in about six months, I can correct it. But uh, I correct my situation. But uh, <laughs> there were a lot of situa 18th century situations that are not correctable in six months. You know, like, That's so, true. Anyway, yeah. So very funny yeah well, it's really interesting but uh you know um anyway uh you know i've been using the elevation training mask now for going on six years yeah you know and it's a mask that covers your mouth and nose keeps your mouth closed and you have to do all your breathing and uh and um and I, I, we were in the breakout group with him, and I just mentioned the idea. He said, "Oh, he says, you're probably, you know, you, you." He says, "Probably any time during the day, you're probably breathing through your nose because he said uh, you've made your lungs. What it does is strengthens your lungs. Your lungs have to get stronger and stronger because the mask has gauges on it that." Uh, as you get better and better at it, it restricts the air more and more, and uh, and you have to pull it in from your lungs. Your lungs have to. You need the oxygen, but you're getting less air, so you got to pull in. You got to pull in more air. And I've been doing it, and uh, you know all my tests where they test out your cardiovascular and everything else. I've I've got um, you know really first class first class results on that. VO2. And then I. And, 
And then I use um, CPAP at night because I am a snorer. I've got a 17 and a half inch neck, so that uh, is one of the signs. And I'm over, I think if you're over 50 and you have that, probably you're going to have sleep apnea. So I've had that for nine years, I think nine years right now. And that doesn't allow you to breathe through your mouth all night. So uh, that's that's good. So anyway, it was interesting because, um, um, but uh, <laughs> it was so funny that people said, yeah, yeah, in the old days, you know, before 300 years ago in industrialization, people had straight teeth and their bones were shot. I said, yeah, but there, yeah, right. there, wasn't, much, there wasn't much else working, you know. There were <laughs> yeah, that's something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, I mean, uh, there's no going back in history for me, I'll tell you. I wonder how physiologically we're going to change as we enter this new era of Cloudlandia, the Cloudlandian period, you know, as we're kind of the great crossover. Well, I think this is why there's so much mania about uh, super sports and, uh, and uh, you know, and super fitness and everything right now. Yeah. And, it's, uh, and, the, and the reason is they're trying to make, um, Exercise, which is, yes. you know, if you do it, it's good for you. And they're trying to make it into almost like a religious form or something, you know, right. they, you know, like, uh, you know, I can do a marathon. Well, actually, a marathon isn't good for you, actually. Uh, right. Uh, uh, actually, running uh, isn't all that good for you because your knees really aren't supposed to take that kind of pounding, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, walking is walking's good walking walking's good and then you should do some sort of weight strength you know it's so um, you know you yeah the muscles and doing it and uh but um i i tell you i've talked to a lot of people fitness people and he said uh he said if you give me a, a runner against a walker over a 10-year period he said the walker is in much better condition at the end of 10 years than the the, the runner yeah i bet that's true just because there'd be less even injuries, you can more consistently oh, yeah. do it. It's more yeah. practical. I mean, yeah, some more practical, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, applied sort of uh, skill, yeah, <laughs> or yeah. ability, so, right? Yeah, but I think you know. I mean, there, uh, there. Uh, uh, Peter is telling me stuff. He said, "I have." To, he says, "This seems really weird." Uh, he said, "In five years, ten years, you take a pill and it." Uh, kicks your muscle at top notch. He says, "That's what Peter Diamandis says." Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, you know why they'll create that? Why? Because people want it. Because <laughs> people want it. That's for sure. That's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's well, so funny. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people always look at it, you know, they're making money off this. And I said, they're not making money off anything except what people said they wanted. <laughs> right. That's exactly right. <laughs> I said, That's never look funny. at the, produ- ne- never look at the producer. Always look at the consumer. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, the, 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 the producer is just a dog who's been taught a new trick. That's funny. And absolutely true. And now, you know, the yeah. good news is being able to get right to, if you do create something like that, being able to get right to everybody. Your reach yeah, is good. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So why, why is Lacey such a great who? Cause, yes. Because Dean needed her. <laughs> yes, that's exactly true. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. I'm I'm so excited about so many. My, my output will... Uh, yeah, I've already got. Some well, not only that. Audio uh, here, here's the thing that's really amazing about all the who, not how. You've just solved yeah. a problem for life. Yes, exactly. It wasn't. It wasn't a problem you solved for next Wednesday. It was a problem yeah. you solved for the rest of your life. And that. Yes. That's uh, that's the collaboration I have around the who, not how. I just solved. I just solved a problem for the rest of my life. You know, yeah. I can produce major market books. Uh, with very little effort, and um, and uh, or 
simply based on the effort that I've already put forward, you know, like yeah. uh, the quarterly books. So I yeah. think this is the real thing. People don't realize master of skills and skills for life. That's absolutely. But having it out that, there in the world, I mean, just the mm-hmm. reach, the legs that it's it's gotten. Mm-hmm. Even it's funny. Uh, the great thing, Dan, is funny is I'm getting um, the reflective glow of the <laughs> success of Who Not How because of your acknowledgement of and, and dedication um, of the book and being in a portion of it. But that's it's. I, I just yeah. Like people, it's funny how people come to me with one of two things. I can tell their scarcity mindset or their abundance mindset by the way they come to me about it. Some people yep. are coming saying, wow, that's so great that you were, you were, uh, you know, it was a, a beautiful, uh, dedication in the book or the, the whole thing. Dan's really uh, appreciative or really acknowledges you. And then on the other side, people are going, um, Wow, they really took your idea and ran with it there. Like you took <laughs> something, like you took something from me, right? And yeah. it's amazing to see just people are on one side or the other of that, and it's it's yeah. funny. Yeah, and it's a really uh, you know um, you know, and we've just you know we're going through a, just a major jump in our whole uh, approach to our own intellectual property because of the court case, you know, which you know about. And uh, the interesting thing about it is that um, we're five times better because, um, you know, somebody decided to uh, take our stuff and not, you know, not give credit. And, mm-hmm. um, and, um, and I said, you know, uh, property is going to be just as important in the, virtual world as it was in the mainland, in the mm-hmm. Quadlandia. And uh, there's a lot of n- nonsense going on that, yeah, people won't have property. I said, of course they're going to have property. I said, property is the basis of individuality. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and I said, what, what motivation would there be to innovate new breakthroughs if you can profit somehow individually for what you created? I said, you got to have it. You won't have innovation if you don't have property. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, but uh, yeah, and uh, that was my one condition for the book. Uh, your name went up front. I, I told uh, I told Ben and Tucker, I said that this is a non-negotiable that has to go on uh, the very first page of the book. That's great. And yeah. I'm so happy to see it out, you know. And that's the yeah. thing that people almost like, yeah, they don't know we're, you know, we're 10 quick starts, Dan. We're gushers of ideas like this. It doesn't, <laughs> it's not the only one, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was so funny. I have to tell you this because Babs is on a Zoom call with her sisters. So she's got uh-huh. two older sisters. <clears throat> and so they've made, uh, you know, um, a habit during this period of being in touch like they were never in touch with, you know. Yeah. Uh, before the lockdown, uh, now they're in touch all the time. But anyway, I remember the first time uh, Babs took me home to meet her family, and it was mainly her mother. And uh, so, and she uh, she didn't really know that much about the business, you know. Yeah. And uh, so this was around um, eighty four or eighty five. So this is thirty five years ago. And uh, so it was just one-on-one coaching. And, uh, but Bab said, you know, it's kind of like he's got these clients and he just keeps coming up with new ideas. And, uh, and her mother uh, said, she says, aren't you worried he's going to run out of ideas? (laughs) (laughs) And Bab said, "Uh, I have to tell you, that's not the problem. Right. Exactly. That's so running out of ideas. Running out of ideas has never been the problem. <laughs> That's not the problem. Yeah, yeah. So it is what it is, and then the whole question is, how do you have to organize yourself so that's more of a solution to you than a problem? You know. That's exactly right. 
that and you just came up with a big one. You just came up with a big one. Yeah. And it'll open up my opportunity to a whole new well, the other people thing who is, are visual, you know, because yeah. everything I typically yeah. do is auditory, like yeah. podcasts and hearing yeah. the things. So now to have the video representation of that, that opens up a whole new um, audience of people who don't hear, you know, people uh, don't yeah, hear. Yeah, but I will tell you this. You're one of the most visual speakers that I've ever, uh, you know, uh, uh, well, I'm visual because I see everything visually. But when you're right. talking, I'm just seeing the diagrams forming. You know, there's part of my brain where I'm listening to you, but I'm seeing the diagrams. You, I think you have uh, taken it right up to the line of how visual you can be as a speaker and now you've mm. just moved it across the line so that someone else can actually take your words and actually visualize them. But I think I, I suspect Lacey's job was pretty easy knowing how you talk. That's great. And she's very visual and I'm a visual person. So I think yeah. there may be something to that, that that's why when I'm talking, it's in visual Terms. Yeah, I'm trying to convey what I, I see. Every, I, I see everything yeah. in diagram uh, in diagram yeah. form. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I got the jump. Okay. All, All right. right, this Always was a great a one. And uh, and I'll be on next Sunday. Me too. Okay. Okay, I'll talk to you then. Okay. Bye. Bye.